This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. All right, good morning, everyone. Uh, actually, afternoon, technically now. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for your kind words, Pastor Tommy. It, it, I, I can't express how much it genuinely means to me. And to be able to be up here and to serve Calvary Church, uh, I love you guys so much. And I want you to know that I don't take this opportunity lightly. It is very, very important to me, um, and I'm, I'm honored to be able to serve and communicate and hopefully communicate something that will make a difference in your life today and, and have some sort of impact. <clears throat> As Pastor Tommy spoke, mentioned, we're in the middle of a series called Followers, and last week Pastor Tommy talked about consecration, and today I'm here to talk to you about dedication, and dedication is a, it's a really interesting word, it's, it's, it's a great word, and we're going to dive into it here in just a little, a little bit more here in just a second, but... Um, you know, there's something really important that Pastor Tommy touched on last week that I want to spend a few minutes and kind of bring back to the forefront of our memory. And then also, it'll kind of project us into what we're talking about today. So you and I, as, as humanity, we're made up of three parts. We're made up of spirit, soul, and body. So my spirit, man, is what's in me. It's what connects to God. It's what has a relationship with God. We have our soul, which is our cognitive being. It's our, it's our thinking. It's our thought process. It's our emotions. It's kind of the insides of us. And then we have our physical body. And so God is a God of order, and so when he created us, he created us with a specific order in mind. He said, first, we want your spirit to take the lead. Then your soul is going to make decisions based on what your spirit says to do, and then your body is along for the ride. But in the, the confusion of everything and the chaos of humanity and life, that order kind of got switched up or gets switched up a lot in humanity. And so what happens is we find ourselves with the body taking the lead, our soul doing what it thinks our body says to do, and then our spirit man coming along, kicking and screaming, saying, no, dummy, don't do that. Let's go the other way. So to break that down, I'll give you an example. For me, when, when I was a child, or excuse me, as a children's pastor, when I was here, God kind of helped me, I guess, see a little bit of this, and I used to articulate it this way to our children. And, you know, as a kid, I love Snickers. As a kid, I love Snickers. Today, I love Snickers. Like, it's always a good time for a Snicker. Can I get an amen? Anybody else love Snickers? Yes? Well, as a kid, you'd be in Kroger with your parents, and I'd want a Snicker. Well, I would go and ask my mom and dad for a Snicker. Can I have a Snicker, please? Well, inevitably, what would happen is they would say no. And so I'd do, like, the whole, like, kid thing where you throw a fit. And I'm just kidding. I didn't throw fits. Look at y'all. I didn't throw fits. I was really kind and really respectful and said, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, we won't get a snicker, right? Right? Y'all believe that? Uh, hopefully your kids are like that, too. Mine, mine are not. So anyway, we, uh, they would say no. And so I would have this moment where this thought would enter my mind, okay, I can take that snicker, slide it in my pocket, and my parents would never know. And then I'd go home, we'd eat, I'd eat it in quiet, and they'd be none the wiser. Like, it'd be good, right? That, that, that's how it works. That's my body taking the lead. That's my flesh saying, let's do this. My soul trying to figure out in the balance, should I do it or should I not do it? And then my spirit man kicks in and says, hey, dummy, not a good idea. You know that you're not supposed to do that. And so I would tell, you, I would tell kids, I would say, hey, if you hear, uh, uh, like your, some people call it your conscience, or some people call it your gut, you have a gut feeling not to do something or to do something, if you feel that, that's usually your spirit man saying, hey, let's make a good decision here. Make sense? We've got our spirit, our soul, and our body. 
Proper order, spirit, soul, body. Improper order, body, soul, spirit. And so what's interesting is, Pastor Tommy last week talked about being consecrated and setting ourselves apart and giving ourselves to God. And so we've made this decision. We're going we're to be spirit-led. We're going to follow the spirit, be followers of Christ, and make the right decisions. And we just need our, our soul to make the decisions to do it, and our body's going to follow along. But in reality, that's not how it always happens. So how do we keep it from getting out of order? How do we keep that order right and, and keep it in the right order? It's an important word, and it's kind of what's up there today. It's dedication. Everybody say dedication. So I want to sum up dedication in one word, or in, in, a, in, a, in a definition, and it's being committed to a task or purpose. Being committed to a specific task or purpose. That's what dedication is. It's as simple as that. I'm making the decision to be committed to a task or purpose that is dedication. Now, dedication is a fun word in the month of January, like, because we're all excited. We've got, our, we've got our commitments. We've got our New Year's resolutions. Like, we're dedicated to doing it right. How many of you went, went healthy shopping over the past few weeks? Anybody go healthy shopping over the past few weeks? You know what that is? I'll break it down for you. It's a four-part process. Part one is you open up the app store, and you go find the right calorie-counting app. Like, you've got to have the right one. My fitness pal is a really good one. So that's part one of healthy shopping. Part two is you've got to go to GNC or the fitness store or whichever one you go to. Get the right supplements, the right vitamins, the right metabolism booster, whatever it may be. Like, all right, we're going to do that. Step three, this is the most important one, all right? This is absolutely the most important one. You've got to go to Academy and get the right working out clothes, workout clothes, and the right tennis shoes because you can't run if you don't have the right tennis shoes, right? Got to have the right ones, all right? And then step four is you got to go to Kroger and you got to buy all the right foods, like to replace all the junk you just threw out, right? Anybody do that? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll be honest. I did that. I'm not going to lie. I'm ready to eat healthy. Let's go. So I went healthy shopping. So we're dedicated to doing, you know, getting healthy. And so we go, we, we do that. Or maybe financially, you've, you've met with a financial planner and you've got your gear planned out and you're like, all right, we have figured it out. We're going to save. We're going to invest. We're, we're, we're not going to spend on the credit cards. We're going to get it all done. And, and we're dedicated to building a budget and sticking to it and being financially secure. Or relationally, like I, 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 may, not, I may be the only one who's done this, but I, I'll be honest, I've done it. Relationally, you, you, you start friend shopping. Anybody been friend shopping? Like, you know you want some new friends, some new people to hang out with, so you go to the other side of church, of the other side of the sanctuary, because you saw these people sitting over there that are, like, super sharp, and like, babe, let's go sit over there, so maybe after church, when we get up, we can, like, accidentally bump into them or something, and then we can invite them out to eat, and, like, maybe we can establish, like, a friendship, you know? How does that sound? Friend shopping. We're dedicated to finding good friends, or spiritually. Here in our 21 days of prayer, you've said, all right, we are committed, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm dedicated to, to, to having a relationship with God and getting better spiritually. And so in January, it's all great. Like, it's all exciting. We're excited. We're happy. Everything's good. And then February rolls around, and we're not quite as excited, but we know we've made this dedicated commitment to do this, and so, so we're going to do it. And so we wake up, and we're like, God, I don't really want to go to the gym. I, I'm tired. I don't want to do this, but I'm dedicated, so I'm going to go to the gym. And so we get up, and we do our gym time, and we, we, we get it done, or or, you know, I really, really want that toy. Like, I really, really want that four-wheeler. I really, really want that purse, whatever it may be. And I'm, I'm, I really want, but no, we're dedicated. We're going to save for it. We're going to do it the right way, all right? And so we're dedicated in February. Or, or we want to stay home. I'm just, I'm tired. I don't want to go to our small group tonight. It's been a long day. I just, I want to stay home. But no, we're dedicated. We're going to our small group. And we think, oh, I don't want to wake up. 
God, I'm tired. I don't want to spend time with you this morning. I mean, I love you, but my body's like tired. It's been a long day, but nope. I made a dedication. I'm dedicated. I'm going to get up and, and I'm going to pray. And that's what February looks like. And then we roll around to March. And March is where it starts to tilt. March is where things begin to change. And you, you forgot to meal prep on Sunday night or didn't have time to meal prep. And so you're like, hey, babe, we didn't meal prep, so we don't have any food ready. So why don't we go out to fast food tonight? We'll, we'll just we'll go get some fast food, okay? And, and then you look at one another and you're like, but we don't really want fast food. Like, like let's go. We'll be a little bit over budget, but let, let's go to babes. Let's go to babes and eat, and, and we'll be all right. And, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. And so you go to babes, and you eat way too much, and you pay way too much, and then you get home, and you're tired, and you're all druggy, and you lay down in bed, and you fall asleep, and you don't wake up the next morning because you ate too much, and you didn't go to bed early enough, and you, you didn't get to pray. And then April rolls around, and everything's out the window. Like, we haven't been to the gym, we're not eating good, we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're not, we went out and bought the toy on credit because we couldn't wait anymore because we wanted it. We're back to doing life by ourselves. we haven't been to our small group in a couple of weeks. Relationship with God, we haven't talked to God or prayed in a while. Does that resonate with anyone? Is this, is this y'all feel this? Like, this is, I'll be honest, I've experienced this in my life, this process of step after step after step. We're so excited, we're dedicated to the beginning, and then it just kind of tells off. So what we want to do is we want to figure out how to fix it. How do we change it? But I want you to know, I want you to be, be at peace with the fact that we're not the only ones that ever experienced this. Paul talks about it in the book of Romans. And so we're going to dive in here in just a, just a second. But before we do, I want to read to you one of the most confusing passages of Scripture in the Bible. Okay? You ready? It's in, it's in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. This is Paul writing. Here we go. Y'all ready? For that which I do, I allow not... For what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that I do. You guys got it? We're good? Y'all received the message? All right, amen. See y'all later. Just kidding. So let's dive in a little bit, because it is confusing. So New Living Translation is a really great translation of scripture, and it kind of puts it in a lot of today's language and helps us understand. So this is what Paul is saying in Romans 7, 15 in the NLT. He says, I don't really understand myself. Anybody resonate with that? I don't really understand myself. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. All right. Paul is explaining this whole body, soul, spirit thing. He's like, look, I want to do what's right, but for some reason, I just can't do it. My body makes the decisions, or takes the lead. My soul follows along and makes decisions. My spirit man's kicking and screaming. But I want to follow what the spirit man says, but it just, it, it doesn't work. And so he continues in verse, a couple verses down in verse 18. He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Paul's like saying, what is wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? Why can't I do what I want to do when I want to do it? What the spirit man wants me to do is leading me to do. And then a few verses down in verse 24, he's like just fed up with it. He just says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Like, I just, I can't get it right. I can't figure it out. I, I, I give up. I'm done, God. I'm just, I'm a miserable person. It's who I, it's who I am. And so Paul felt this way. If we're honest, I think we feel this way. And so let's talk about how to win the battle and how to remain dedicated. And to win a battle, you have to know what you're fighting. And so I'm going to give you guys three struggles, three struggles that we all face to be dedicated. Number one. <laughs> We focus on what, but don't understand how. We focus on what, 
but don't understand how. So let's unpack that a little bit. As dedicated followers of Christ, my goal, what I want to do, I want to be closer to God. And that's awesome. That is a really great thing to want. That's the what. what. But the question is, how am I going to get there? It's like choosing to go to a destination. It's like saying, hey, I want to go to New York, but then never making plans to get there. Never figuring out what vehicle we're going to use to get us there. Are we going to fly? Are we going to drive? Are we going to take the train? Are we going to walk? What are we going to do? It's like just saying, I want to go to New York, but I'm not going to make any plans to get there. So what we do is we set goals. We set objectives for ourselves. Hey, we want to accomplish this. We want to do this. And we talk about it, but then we never actually put a plan into place. And so we focus on the what and forget about the how. Losers, winners, successful, unsuccessful, no matter what, they... They all start with the same goals in mind. We all start with the same objectives. The difference is the system that helps them get there. The Dallas Cowboys, they have the same objective as the four teams playing today. They want to get to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Well, what's the difference? The system. Thankfully, Jason Garrett fired Scott Linehan, so maybe we can fix the system. Let's go. That's what I want. I want a Scott Linehan out. I'm going to get a new offensive coordinator. Anyway, moving on. The what doesn't determine the success, the how does. We get excited about the what because that's what's in front of us. That's what we want to see. But that's not what's going to determine the success. The how we get to the what is what's going to determine the success. An author by the name of James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And in this book, he made this statement. He said, you don't rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Well, what does that mean? Well, the scenario that we just talked about, the January, February, March, April, it's exactly that. In January, we're excited. We have our goals, and we're working to get them. And in February, we're not quite as there, but we're still working. It's still there. But by the time March rolls around, our excitement, our our determination, our our, our, our dedication, it's all, it's, it's gone because of whatever. Life has been thrown at us or whatever. But if over the first couple of months we've put systems in place, we've developed habits, when the month of March rolls around and our excitement is out the window, our systems are in place to help us maintain what we're wanting to do, to stay dedicated and reach our goals and the goals that we want to set. And so we, we, we struggle by focusing so much on what that we forget about the how. We can't focus so much on the results of what we want to see that we forget about the systems that make the results happen. Create systems for yourself. One of my goals last year, a couple years ago, in 2018, was to have early quiet time with God. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to have early quiet time with God. I wanted to start my day out right and get it figured out. And then I wanted to have those moments, a year before that, I wanted to wake up early and said, all right, I, I've got to wake up early. I've got to create some systems where I wake up early. Well, I was struggling to wake up. I was struggling to get up at 5 a.m. So you know what I did? I created a system. I put the alarm clock in my daughter's room and set it for 5.05 a.m. And if I didn't give up at 5, oh, 5 o'clock a.m., their alarm was going to go off at 5.05 a.m. So I had to get up to turn their alarm off before I woke them up. Well, it happened once, and they were just, like, they didn't care. They went back to sleep. So that one backfired. So I thought, all right, what else can I do? And we have a coffee pot that has, like, a timer on it where you can set the, set the time that you want it to go off. So the night before, try this. If you want to wake up early, try this. The night before, set your coffee pot to go off 
at 5.05 a.m. But take the coffee pot, the actually Carif, take it out of the coffee maker. And if you don't get up in time to put the coffee Carif back in the coffee maker, you're going to be in trouble, all right? There's some motivation. Figure out a system to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, all right? It's doable. Don't focus so much on the results that we forget about the systems that change the results. Number two, the number two struggle that we have to be dedicated is this. We don't see progress fast enough. We've been working for a month, God. We've, we've done this. We've done what we talked about we wanted to do, and I'm just not seeing it. I mean, like, like I was on the treadmill every day this week. I ate clean, and I still gained weight. Like, how does that even work? I thought I was supposed to be losing weight. And we don't see the results that we want fast enough. And so we get frustrated. Or, hey, look, all right, I haven't been to Starbucks an entire month. Like, I saved $100 at Starbucks, and I put it towards my student debt. And I still have $99,900 of student debt, all right? <laughs> or me, like, take our kids on a date. And like, all right, girls, let's go on a date. Let's have a good time. Spend some time together. And like, it's a good win. It's, it's a good time. And we get in the car, and they're still punks with attitudes and ungrateful for what we got to do. And you're like... I'm not seeing the results. I'm working, but there's no results. What's, what's, what's going on? Or God, I've prayed every day. I've prayed every day about this situation over and over and over again, and nothing has changed. Like, I'm dedicated to this purpose. I'm dedicated to this specific thing, but I'm not seeing the results. And so what does that do is that starts to plant a seed in our mind, and we begin to come up with, with a conclusion, that a wrong conclusion, that small good decisions don't matter that much. And it's a seed that's been planted because we've been doing good, but we're not seeing the results that we want. Well, the same happens inversely. Like, I love Oreos. Like, Snickers, Oreos, yes, I like to eat, obviously. I love Oreos. Have you guys ever eaten an entire row of Oreos? Like, like in the package, you open it up, and the entire row of Oreos? Not gonna lie, I've been there, done that, and it was awesome. Not gonna lie. Cup of milk and some Oreos, you're in good shape. Well, I ate this entire row of Oreos, woke up the next morning, and didn't see that much difference. So that's a good thing, right? Like, I can eat all the Oreos in a row, and I didn't see anything the next morning different with my body, so I'm, I'm good to go, right? Or I, I, I swiped a credit card. Like, like, you mean I can pay for stuff with a credit card? And then go check my bank account, and nothing changes in my bank account? This is amazing. And so we swipe, swipe, swipe. The, the, the small bad decision the conclusion that we come to is that small bad decisions don't matter that much either. But in reality, they do. We binge watch TV for six hours. And like, we caught up on that series we've been wanting to watch. And yeah, the wife was mad, but she didn't leave me. So like, we're okay. It was a small bad decision, but we're, we're still in the, in the okay. We're, we're, we're all good. Or I miss church. I didn't, make it, I didn't make it to church this weekend. And you know what? The world didn't cave in. Like, we're still alive. Everything's still okay. So, so it, it's, it's all right, right? But the reality is our life is the sum total of all the decisions that we make. Whether good or bad, our life is the sum total of all the decisions that we make. And Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't quit. So the second, the second challenge, the second struggle that we face is we don't see progress fast enough. But I'm here, to, I'm here to challenge you with this statement that it's the things that no one sees that bring the results that everyone wants. 
Keep doing the small good things. Keep making the small good decisions. You may not see the results right away when you want them, but ultimately, it's gonna work out. Ultimately, you're gonna reap the harvest in the right time, and you'll see the benefits of continually making the small good decisions. Number three, the third struggle to being dedicated is our distorted identity sabotages our success. Our distorted identity sabotages our success. You know, the enemy is really, really good at lying to us and, 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 and making us feel like just because we make a mistake, that's who we are. You know, th- there's a difference between telling a lie and being a liar. Like, I made a mistake, I messed up, I'm gonna fix it, let's move on. If you live a lifestyle of lying and continue lying, that, that's your identity, but the enemy tries to trick you and think, even though we made a mistake, that, that, that's who I am. That, that, that's, who I'm, that, that, that's who I am and that's my identity. And what happens is we end up connecting ourselves with that identity. We end up, we end up uh, believing it about us. And it sabotages our success. Paul did the same thing. Paul had the same problem in Romans 7, 24. He said, oh, what a miserable man I am. He was like, I I can't fix it. I can't do it right. I'm just miserable. I give up. I'm done. That's just who I am. I'm a miserable man. Moses. Moses, God called Moses to do something amazing. And and, and Moses looks at God and is like, God, you know I'm a bad speaker, right? Like, like, I'm, I'm a bad speaker. You can't use me. You're gonna have to find someone else. Gideon, God called Gideon to do something amazing to, to, to free his people and, and to lead his people. And Gideon was like, wait a second, God, you see me, right? Like, you see who I am? I'm the weakest guy here. You probably should go find someone else and, and figure out someone else to help you with this because I, I, I can't do it. Their identity, their perspective, their view of themselves sabotaged their success. Thankfully, God smacked some sense into them and they figured it out and was like, all right, we'll do this. And Moses ended up doing something great, and Gideon ended up doing something great. Well, the same is true for you here today as well. You have an opportunity to do something great. You don't have to identify with your failures. You don't have to embrace that identity. Don't let it sabotage your success. You see, unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. Unwise habits fuel unhealthy identity. It's a cycle. Unhealthy habits create, or excuse me, unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. Unwise habits reinforce unhealthy identity. It's a cycle over and over and over again. And it keeps fueling it more and more and more. And so this year, that doesn't have to be your identity. Whatever unhealthy identity, whatever whatever unhealthy perspective you may have about yourself, that doesn't have to be your identity. You can change it. One of the ways to change it is to change what you see about yourself. A lot of people set do goals. Set set goals that are are doable. I want to read more. I want to pray more. I want to sleep better. I want to eat better. They're they're do goals. But instead of having do goals this year, let's set some who goals. Who do you want to be? What do you want to identify with? Who do you want to be? What do you want to see in your life? What identity do you want to have? And so we set who goals. You know, I want to be sober. I want to be clean. I want to be healthy. I want to be financially free. I want to be a giver. 
I want to be a godly wife and mother. I want to be a hero, dad and husband. I want to be a dedicated follower of Christ. That's who I want to be. Set some who goals for yourself this year, not just do goals. You know, there was a study done about a group of individuals that wanted to, to, to quit smoking. They were in the process of quitting. And so there were two, there were, there were two, two main ways of thinking with regards to the study. And so you had one group of people, when they were offered a cigarette, their response was, no, thank you, I'm trying to quit. The other group's response was, no, thank you, I'm not a smoker. You see the difference? This group, they were smokers trying to be somebody different. This group, they changed their identity. They were no longer smokers. It was a part of their past. I'm sure you can imagine the success rate was much higher with this camp of people because they changed their identity. They changed what they resonated with and who they were. And you have that same opportunity today. Get off the cycle of unhealthy identity, creating unwise habits, and reigniting, refueling the unhealthy identity. You can step off of that cycle because healthy identity creates healthy goals. Well, guess what healthy goals do? Healthy goals fuel healthy identity. Same is true, vice versa. You can have unhealthy identity, unhealthy uh, habits, or you can have healthy identity and healthy habits. One of the ways to do this is, is begin to speak to yourself and speak about yourself. So a couple of years ago, uh, I did something and, and I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to speak about myself and what I saw for myself. So a couple of years ago, I wrote a statement, and it's taken some tweaks here and there over the years, but I finally got it to where I want it and, and, and what I want it to say. And so every morning, first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, it's in my notes app on my phone, it's pinned at the very top. The first thing I do is I open and I read this statement about myself. Now, I can quote it, but I choose to read it out loud because it's visually, I'm hearing it, I'm saying it. It's an opportunity for me to, to identify with this statement. And my statement is, I am a Christ follower who is kind and disciplined and a man of integrity. I'm committed to my wife and my family wholeheartedly. I will work hard and honor God with my finances so I can experience his blessings and be a giver. I wanted to change my identity. I wanted to change who I was. And I started communicating who I want to be. And I began to see those things come to pass in my life because I've communicated them about myself. Because I said, that's who I'm going to be. And I've created wise habits that help fuel that healthy identity, that help reignite that healthy identity, and the cycle of healthy identity is going. So I ask you today, who do you want to be? I challenge you, create a statement for yourself. Write down who you want to be and, and tell it to yourself over and over and over again until you start to believe it, until it becomes your identity, and you start creating habits that fuel that identity, that healthy identity. You can do it. You can change your identity. Don't let the misconception or the, 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 your identity sabotage your success. In closing today, I'd like to invite Jeff to come, come help me. You know, some of you may be saying, you know, that's me. Like, I'm on this cycle of, of bad identity, creating bad habits, which reinforces bad identity. How do I stop it? How do I get rid of it? How do I, how do I fight it? There's been so much info today. Like, like I, I, know, I know I've got I've to focus on the how. I can't just focus on the what. I know I've got to be patient. I know I've got to fix my identity, but just, just stop. Focus on one thing. And it's a passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 7. 
And it's the, it's, it's the last scripture, verse 25. But I'm going to read verse 24 and 25 again. Paul says, oh, what a miserable person I am. I am who I am. I'm frustrated. This is, this is who I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? There's the question. How do I fix this? How do I get my spirit leading instead of my body? How do I make the right decisions? And this is the answer. Verse 25, thank God, exclamation point. The answer is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The answer is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Here's what that looks like. You ready for some practical application of this? Take whatever area of your life that you want to fix, that you want to be better at, relationally, spiritually, physically, financially, whatever area of your life, and apply Jesus to it. You want to be better financially? All right, Jesus, I'm applying you to my finances. I am going to commit 10% tithe to you. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to be a giver above and beyond that because your word says that you'll take care of the giver. You want to be better relationally? You want to have a better relationships, friendships, or family relationships? Apply Jesus Christ to it. God, what can I do? How can I interact with them? that would show your light, that would be an example of your goodness in my life. Apply Jesus to whatever situation you're in. And I promise you, you'll begin to see your identity change. You'll begin to see the cycle change. You'll begin to see that situation change. Jesus Christ is the answer. In closing today, I'd like to wrap up with this thought, and if you'll stand with me. There's one last thing I want to leave you with, and it it applies, it it just kind of puts a pretty bow on all of it. And it starts with this statement. It says, dedicated people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Dedicated people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Same applies to success. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. You know, we've talked about a lot. It's the beginning of the year. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of goals, a lot of New Year's resolutions, things that, that, that we all want to do. And sometimes it can get so overwhelming and it just be so much that we end up giving up and saying, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do anymore. And so what I want to do is I want to leave you with this last thought and something that, that I implemented a few years ago in my life. And, and thankfully, thank God, he, he led me down this path and we've been able to see some results. I thought, you know what, I'm struggling to consistently do certain things in my life, so I need to fix it. But I can't fix it all at once, so let's, let's figure it out. So I prayed and I said, God, help us, help, help us figure out how to do this. And, and in 2017, Catherine and I started doing this. We choose one word at the beginning of the year, and that's our word for the year. That's what we're working on throughout the year. So in 2017, our word was discipline. My word, excuse me, my word was discipline. I said, I'm gonna be more disciplined. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. So here's my system to do that. I want consistent bedtime. I want consistent sleep. Because I know if I wake up and I've had good sleep, I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to feel refreshed, and I'm going to have a better day, and I'm going to make better decisions. So I want to be disciplined in our sleep. And so we said, our girls are going to bed at 7.30. Catherine and I will be in bed around 8.30, 9 o'clock. We may not go to bed at exactly that time, but we're usually asleep by that time, but we're usually asleep no later than 10 o'clock. Why? Because then the second part of the system kicks in. I want to be able to wake up early. I want to wake up at five and get my day started. 
And that was a discipline that I wanted to create. And so what do we do in 2017? That was our word. We created that system to fuel our discipline. 2018, our word was spiritual. Always had a great relationship with God. I love God. I, 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 but I, I said, God, I want to be, be led by you more and more throughout the day. I want to be spiritual. I, I want to have that, that spirit-led living. And so the system I created was, all right, God, to do that, I want to wake up early in the morning. I want to have my quiet time with you to prepare my day, to, to allow myself to, to be spirit-led throughout the day and make the right decisions. Well, here's the cool thing. That was a whole lot easier because of the system that I had put in the place the year before. I'm already getting up at five, so I can get up and have my quiet time with God before my girls ever get out of bed and get up. And so, so it's compounding. And then this year, 2018, our word is give. My word is give. We're going to give. We want to be givers. And so the system we've created is, is we tithe based on what our projected income is for the year. And then we have a separate account that has 10%, that each week 10% goes into it. And that 10% is strictly for giving, to be able to give. But here's where the two disciplines from the two years before kick in, because I don't know where to give that money all the time. But if I'm being spirit-led, if the spirit is leading me, then I'm going to know where to give the resources that I have. And so what's, what's the purpose of this? The goal is, when I turn 50, I will have 20 years of compounding disciplines building year after year after year. Because my ultimate goal is not to just walk through life and, and be another person in life. My ultimate goal is to be the leader, the follower, the disciple of Christ that he's called me to be. And if I can take one thing each year, not try to over, not try to overcomplicate it, but just simplify it one thing each year and build on it year after year after year, we'll begin to see the benefits of God working in our lives. And so that's my challenge to you this year. 2019 can be your best year ever. There may be some, some small decisions that you make that you don't see the results of really, really quickly, and, but start making those small decisions. Find that one word and apply it and embrace it and let it change your life. So as we wrap up today, I want to pray over you. And some of you may already have a word, and you may be kind of embracing this concept, and, and that's great. If not... I want to pray for you, and I want to pray that God would drop a word in your spirit, and it would be your word for 2019. And you would find and create a system to help you implement and, 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 and have that word and have that discipline created so that you can begin to see the compounding disciplines grow and grow and grow. So if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes and be sensitive to the spirit, sensitive to the, to the spirit of God and, and listen to what he's trying to communicate. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is in operation right now. God, 2019 can be our best year ever. I truly, sincerely believe that. I believe that there are a group of individuals in here that are gonna find one word, that are gonna find one way, one thought that's gonna spur them on to create a discipline. And what's gonna happen is as we as individuals become better and better people, as we, we become more dedicated followers, God, we believe and we know that as a church, we're going to grow and be better because we're a church full of dedicated followers of you. And so my prayer right now, God, is that you would drop a word into our spirit. Drop a word for us to focus on for the year of 2019 so we can make a difference, so we can be the followers that you've called us to be, so we can be the light, the leaders, the examples that you've called us to be. I thank you for it, God, and I give you praise. And I pray that that word would not be just a word, but God, we'd have a healthy anxiety 
when we think about it, that, that it, would, it would spur us on, it would make us a little bit uncomfortable because we're, we're making some changes for the better. That's my prayer, God, today as we leave. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. I pray that you have an amazing 2019. You're dismissed. We'll see you later.